Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. John and I'm drunk. <laughs> okay, and, and this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these '80s, '90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. There's a bomb in there. <laughs> Put the cookie down. There's a bomb in there. Show <laughs> ah, me your leadership capabilities. <laughs> tell me, tell me things about bourbons. Oh well, I don't know anything about. Right now, we're drinking some Weller, Weller Special, Special Reserve. Reserve. Your basic green, green label. label. Yeah. If you can get it at a good price, it's a it's a worthy drink. It's a delicious wheated bourbon. Wheated. A little mellower than your typical mash bill. Yeah. Um, and earlier we were drinking some delicious, delicious Bull Run American whiskey, aged, finished rather, I should say, finished in Nocino barrels. And Nocino is, or Nocino, I'm not sure how you yeah. pronounce it. It might be Nocino if it's the Italian word for walnut, but is is green walnut, I believe. And man, that shit is good, and it will knock you on your ass. It was strong, my friend. It is. It is. It's got such a it's beautiful delicious. sweetness to it. It's and, crisp and sweet, but also lively. It almost tastes like a mixed, like a cocktail. Yeah, and um, it does. Yeah, that that's the right on, and um, it is 115 proof. Whew. And so wow. shout out Bull Run, Portland, Portland Oregon, Zone. That's right. Portland, the Pacific Northwest represent. 15-year-age statement on the bottle. That's impressive. Yeah, if you're listening and want to tweet at us or send us an email or whatever, let or us know. Or a free case. Yeah, <laughs> just let us know. It's like, is that 15 actual years? Is that 15 equivalent years of turning the AC up and down yeah. to, get those, to, to imitate those seasons? Yeah. Uh, are we here to talk about bourbon, though? I wish we were. <laughs> we're not. We're here to talk about Talk uh, about something siege. else that's aged we're, well. <laughs> I don't know. The movie has maybe not Seagal, no, nor his not. hairline. <laughs> Decidedly not. Uh, but yeah, we're here on our under siege shit. John, <laughs> John's going to tell us what's going on in this crazy movie. Yeah, so um, in the last installment... Everyone's aware that like the uh, what the plan is going to be. The federal people got in touch with Ryback got in touch with the federal people rather, mm -hmm. and they they let him know that we're sending in a SEAL team, and if that goes south, we are going to bomb the ship and sink it. So they told Ryback to lay low. Ryback didn't do that. He blew up a helicopter. Then he saved a bunch of guys that he found in a room. Yeah, with, while um, he was hanging out with they, Jordan. The bad dudes are trying to sneak these. Uh, Tomahawk missiles yeah. and some of them nuclear off the boat and yeah. sell them to On terrorists. The market. Yeah, sell them to terrorist organizations. And so Ryback uh, frees some guys, uh, manages to save all his uh, friends in the forecastle who Krill was going to drown to lure Ryback into a trap. That, they never liked me anyway. Yeah, it didn't, didn't really <laughs> pan out. The SEAL Team 5 that was inbound did in fact get blown up. But, to um, smithereens. Yeah, to smithereens. And so then that means that the Nimitz airstrike is coming in. Yeah. But Ryback to you know, continue to try to be the monkey in the wrench, dons a <laughs> wetsuit, makes a homemade bomb, and then throws the bomb on the outside of the hull of the submarine. And we guess uh, has crippled it, yeah. damaged it in some way. But we're not sure. We have to find out right yeah, now. That's true. Yeah, he just blew up this sub or, or bombed it, whatever. So uh, Cole Meany, that's one of the featured bad guys he's telling all the guys keep looking for ryback we see a very bloody ryback he's climbing up a ladder back onto the deck of the missouri none of the dudes on the submarine seem to dude see there this. would be ribbons of flesh great gashed wounds on his back from yeah that shit. he just got like fucked up by someone's grappling hook like one what? of the four pronged ones that trolls carry in lord of the rings <laughs> movies and stuff like <laughs> 
<laughs> not not the little guy that ninjas carry to to climb the exactly. walls of the shogunate. Not the Luke Skywalker. <laughs> no, yeah, not hug. that shit that fits in your belt. But um, uh, uh, Cole Meany, he's searching. He is spotted right back. He's cocking his old school Uzi, which you know that I love that gun. Man, I you're incredible, Ryback. It's a shame you're not cooking for us. Good line. He's. I'm telling you, man. They're. Uh, they have a letting Cole Meany, They're letting Cole Meany eat as well. Yeah, like he's just definitely get, bringing killer lines. What an underrated talent. Like I, I remember him more from like seeing him in other more artsy sort of movies, like yeah, in my twenties yeah. and in college and stuff. And then going back and seeing that he was super active on the action movie scene is crazy. Die Hard Two, yeah. Con Air, yeah, like he yeah. was all over the place. And he's one of those dude. He reminds me. Not in a like a literal way, but of John Lithgow. That like yeah. he can play it heavy, but you could never picture him actually fighting somebody. He doesn't no. have that that physical prowess right. about him, but he can really play a heavy well. Yeah, like he can speak with authority and be like a fucking his, tough guy. His voice and presence are incredible. Yeah, so he's killing it, the Irishman. So mm-hmm. anyway, but he's letting his hubris get him though. Yeah. That momentary hubris is slowing him down from just killing Ryback. Instead, he races his Uzi to shoot, but he is shot and killed by Miss July Jordan Tate. She remembered the thing about the red dot. Yes. Was there a silencer on that gun? It did seem to be <laughs> suppressed, but I feel like people still would hear it. Yeah. And come be drawn to the gunfire. So Ryback chuckles and says, next thing I know, you'll be dating musicians. Pretty funny. It was it. Do you like that one? I don't know. But anyway, His that's the payoff of a line she said earlier where she didn't date musicians and she doesn't liked, kill people. I liked the line. Yeah. It's just, you know, a cigar. So during all this time, yeah, no one's running to Cole Meany's aid. Ryback's, though, in rough shape. Jordan helps him up to his feet. Cut to Krill and Stranix. They're coming to inspect the sub, which has sustained damage from the bomb blast. Uh, they say the bow plane is damaged. It's not going to be able to submerge. Mamma mia, somebody <laughs> says, which is fucking like borderline <laughs> racist. Well, like, is this an dude, Italian bakery? That dude is for real speaking Italian. Mamma mia. <laughs> Stranix asks, where's Cole Meany? And Shadow's like, he's probably dead, <laughs> which is a fucking great yeah. answer. Well, I'm with Shadow. True. The, the writing is on the wall for these guys. It's like you're getting picked off one by one. <laughs> so Krill says, don't worry. I can fix it. I, I'll handle it. <laughs> my dad, Always with the solution. My dad's got an <laughs> ultimate set of tools. <laughs> I can fix it. Like, you fix the bow plane. I'll make you an admiral. Consider it done. Where are you going? To make Honolulu glow in the dark. Outstanding. These guys love to kill people. This Krill is rock hard. They are insane. <laughs> Krill is <laughs> full mast thinking about the thought of, like, destruction of a major American city. But Stranix tells Krill, we're going to meet 15 miles due south. I'm going to connect with you guys in the motor launch. Right. I feel like that's the The lifeboat or whatever. Yeah, that's, I think, been the plan from the get-go, though it's never been clearly spelled out in this movie. Yeah, so it was, like, I was watching this, and I was like, okay, I got it now, so... Krill is going to stay with the sub as the sub yeah. leaves with the missiles that they took. I'm they, go how back. many missiles did they take? It seemed like they only All got a couple. two? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes sense then. Okay. And he's like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to nuke Honolulu. Hop on the little small boat and come reconnect with you guys and we'll all escape on the submarine. Is yeah. I think the plan. I don't know how Fallout works, but okay. I think they're a thousand miles away from Honolulu. Okay. They're now. still quite a bit away. All right. I think so. I always took it that the missile launch like was sort of retaliation for them sending, trying to send the SEAL team in. Right. But I think it's always been the plan. Yeah, that they were going to nuke Honolulu. Like, I read some plot synopsis that described it as the bad guys are going to take out the Navy's submarine tracking capabilities in Pearl Harbor, thus allowing them to escape in their submarines. It was like or in uh, The Rock where they were going to nuke San Francisco. Yeah. But the bad guys, they never make or it clear. Gassum. They never make it clear, but I... Th- it makes sense if that's the plan. Yeah, create confusion and escape. Yeah, so we're loading. Yeah, it's basically like, well, we're going to load missiles on the sub. We'll take out their ability to track the sub. 
the remaining men on the Missouri were going to rendezvous with the sub, and then we just vanish into the Pacific, mm-hmm. basically. But Krill tells him, you know, bring the tools. I'm going to need to fix the <laughs> this, damage. This and this. Yeah, he knows what's up. chewing gum. The goon who's inspecting the damaged bow plane yells in Italian that he can't fix it. And Krill's like, why can't you speak English? He's like, I'll fix it. It was nice delivery from yeah, Busey. Always. So elsewhere... Jordan is bandaging up Ryback's mangled shoulder. Does she know first aid? I don't know. Not good enough to fix what just happened they to teach him. teach you that at stripper school. And she's crying again. Yes. I don't know. Where Where are they? Again, there's no one like, there's no sense that the bad guys are closing in on them or Mm-mm. anything. They're just like, well, they have all the time in the world. The bad guy, there are only like eight bad guys left out of 30 at this point. That's true. There's no shortage though of gunmen like just standing around on the deck, but yeah. no one's looking. <laughs> no one's looking for Ryback. I wish that they just in the background of every scene, there just been dudes repelling or eating <laughs> roast beef, <Yeah. laughs> handfuls of meat, meat. Oh yeah, like that. That would have been awesome if Cold Meany had showed up with a champagne glass in one hand, <laughs> a handful, so, a mouthful of roast beef, and his machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. With all the missiles presumably loaded onto the sub, the two vessels, they begin to separate. Stranix returns to the Missouri's control room where the tech guy Weasel is like still working on fixing the weapons system or whatever. The main dude is like saying, yeah, everything's dead. I don't know how to fix it. Whatever they did, they're smarter than I am. He says, Stranix sticks a gun in the guy's face and is like saying, I'm sure you can figure it out. Take heart. <laughs> the take heart. He says, ah, I'm sure I can figure it out. I like your attitude. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> great timing from Tommy Lee Jones yeah, on t- all his Tommy shit. Tommy Lee is amazing. So the other remaining good guys, they come topside. They find Ryback and Jordan. Where the hell have they been? A lot of time has passed since the last time we saw them, like in the shootout down below. But also, I guess no bad guys are like paying attention to the deck now. People can walk around willy-nilly. Doesn't matter. I have no clue. Maybe uh, I feel like maybe a lot of the guys from the boat would have already gotten on the submarine. Yeah, that makes Maybe, sense. Maybe, but it yeah, has to the, be... the motor launch can only handle like a few people. Yeah. I feel like though, a minimum of 30 minutes has passed since the last time we saw these guys. I feel like because Ryback took out the, all the dudes in the metal shop. Mm-hmm. Then he went topside to see the SEAL team get blown up. Then he went back below and built that bomb. It's been two hours. Then two hours at least. Changed into the wetsuit, crippled the sub, got bandaged up, and now we're seeing these guys again. Right. So whatever's going on, I don't know. But they're watching the submarine cruising away. Aboard the sub, Krill is instructing the mechanics on how to repair the damage. Back on the boat, Ryback is being informed that the wounded man, Johnson, has died. The Mm -hmm. guy who got shot in the shootout earlier. We can't let him get away with this shit, Ken from Street Fighter says. All of a sudden, this dude has a backbone. So Ryback suggests we could use the five-inch guns to sink the sub. But he's informed then by one of the crew guys that we've offloaded all the armor-piercing shit. All we've got left is flares. Ryback looks at the big 16-inch guns and turns to the old-timer. Gunner's mate! Gunner's mate! You see those? We still have shells for those. I like that. I don't know why. So do you understand me, grandfather? (laughs) (laughs) Do you? uh, Not if you understand the words that I'm saying. Up in the command center, the equipment begins humming again. The monitors all turn back on. Stranix, with that bottle of champagne in his hand, perks up. I like that he's like, well, I may as well keep on drinking. I'm with him. So I am. The fact that he's gone, yeah, the fact that he's gone back to drinking is incredible to me. But the, the guy Weasel is pleased with himself, says we'll be able to fire in just a few minutes. The good guys... They are loading that big gun with powder and shells, mm-hmm. and the mechanics of that gun are fucking mind-boggling. Yeah, they the really amount are. of gunpowder they're like loading in, and the size of the shell they're gonna fire. But also, it's like number one, and I guess it's because most of the bad guy crew is dead. They're making so much noise, but there are only so many guys that could come look. Yeah, for there's only number two. Yeah, Ryback lifting anything right now to me is He's beyond the pale. Fucked up. How with his back? Torn to shreds, could he lift anything? Well, from here through the conclusion of the movie, you would not know that he's wounded at all. No. And yeah, he was fucking Wolverine. He was mangled by that grappling hook. Like it tore, it was like being mauled by a grizzly bear, right? Like it's fucking crazy. But so Ryback tells a couple of guys, you know, go and fire off some flares. Jordan is worried that, uh, you know, what, if we hit the sub, are we going to? 
blow up the nukes. He says, don't worry, it's not going to work. They'll just sink with the sub. It doesn't work sub. like that. doesn't work like that. They won't detonate. They'll just sink with the sub, he says. So they finish loading up the gun. Ryback gives the command for them to launch flares. I feel like the gunner's mate should be supervising all this, but instead Ryback, in addition to knowing how to pilot a helicopter, he also knows how to work the 16-inch guns yeah. on a battleship. Totally. He's got all the skills. Yeah. So, yeah, he's the guy who gets to know everything about everything. Yeah. Anyway, the <laughs> the boom of the flares. Damn it. The boom of the flares launching startles Stranix. He's drunk. Who goes to see what's going no, on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, the loud noises. Oh, my head. So he tells Shadow, you keep the command center <laughs> secure. Wish, again, I wish Shadow was eating the last of the roast beef. Just like <laughs> the last few strips. And and for whatever reason, Weasel wants to follow him out, and he's like, "You get back to work, Jack off." That was so <laughs> fucking awesome. Like, what the? Fuck? What? Yeah. So the goons on the submarine—they're also worried, but Krill's telling him, "Don't worry, it's just flares. They've got no artillery for the five-inch guns that can hurt the sub. There's still no shortage of hubris for Krill." Ryback and the old timer—they take aim with the big cannon. Stranix arrives topside just in time for the big 16-inch gun to fire oh, off. Oh, God. He's knocked off his feet by the force of the blast. I love a big green flame. Is that what it was? Yeah, it's like a big green <laughs> flame. It was like the storms from Big Trouble in Little China had arrived. I feel like it's probably pretty realistic. Like, the firepower of that gun is fucking incredible. I can't even imagine. It's like fucking... Now he's got a concussion to go along with his champagne buzz. <laughs> <laughs> he's got going... They they score a near direct hit on the sub. There are flames that we see, but it doesn't seem like the sub is in danger of sinking right. or whatever. So Krill's like, they're reloading right now. Everyone get in board. We got to get this fucker underwater. And, and this, pronto. Is a, this is an, a moment which I start like thinking of as crane time. Like the crane's not working. The crane's working fine. Like he's yeah. like, get everybody under. So it's like, he says it, then everyone's under, then the sub is dived. Right. And it's, it's Krill like, hops down to help finish the, the repairs himself, yeah. which are done then instantly. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the guys back on board the boat, they're adjusting the aim and reloading. Krill gets the bow plane working. The bad guys are all inside. Krill's screaming, dive, dive, dive. Yeah, I just don't know how he, he could have climbed down, fixed the bow plane, climbed up, climbed inside all before another shot was fired. He's celebrating his apparent victory. Ryback is gone. <laughs> what are you talking about? What do you mean he's gone? Will you never learn his hubris? But, but like he didn't do anything to kill Ryback. I guess he's just like, we're we're home free unless we get nuked again before we fucking submerge. But um, yeah, Krill grabs the periscope because he wants to get a look, I guess, at their escape. I don't know what he wants to see, but um, the good guys... Maybe they, maybe they, uh, they are aware that the airstrike is imminent that it's inbound. And uh. so maybe he's thinking I'm going to get to watch. But at this point, Stranix is still on the boat. They haven't launched with the, yeah. the, the lifeboat. I mean, you would think that the airstrike is sort of just circling. And once the, the, the seal team incursion went wrong, they're just like, All right, it shouldn't it. be more than like five minutes. Yeah, behind. It, it should, the boat should have already been sunk. But anyway, uh, yeah, Krill will never learn. He's been wrong at every turn yeah. for the duration of this movie, but he's convinced they're home free. He grabs that periscope to take a look right as the good guys are firing another shell. The bad guys can hear it coming, which I wondered if that was like a real thing. Do you hear it? And it's like, like oh, fuck. Like, oh, fuck. We're fucking. I'm sure they're trained to know what it sounds like when a round's been fired and like yeah. what it sounds like soaring through the air and oh, stuff. Oh, man. But it scores a direct hit, blows the sub right out of the water. Uh -huh. The good guys are all celebrating a job well done, including this weird sort of hug between Ryback and, like and Jordan. Very like half. It's a weird, weird half platonic thing. It's an awkward hug that I've had at the end of many a date where he's like, <laughs> I don't know, but he like touches her, her hair or something. Yeah, like, he's, um, she's just so tiny compared to him. It's weird. I don't know. It seems more familial, like father-daughter yes. hug than love interest hug. I feel like he wants to fuck, and she's just like, yay, we're, we're friends. I feel okay, threatened buddy. by you, by your very presence. <laughs> but um, Stranix is stumbling back onto the bridge, holding his ears. One of the goons asks him, 
Shanks, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like his voice is crackling and like this sort of pu- he's the dude from way. he's the dude from earlier who kept running in with bad news. Like, oh, yes. this shit's happening. This shit's happening. And fucking no trigger discipline. He's waving a gun around with his finger on the trigger. And I'm just like, this was in the days of movies before everyone was like really well trained on proper right. like, you know how this shit is done. Real yeah, you tactical. Watch, you watch Pedro Pascal and in the last of us and he's like moving through tactically like he knows how to handle well, like, a weapon and your finger's not on the trigger no, unless you are ready to fire yeah but he, the dude's just waving the gun around that shit killed me Stranix, what the hell is going on <laughs> he's all nervous Stranix awkwardly descends the stairs down to the command center ranting about looney tune shit Daffy Duck, Duck Porky Pig, Little Red, Red Fucker with the Mustache, Big Chicken. The Big Chicken. What? <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on anymore. He bursts oh into the command God. center where Shadow wants to know what's going on. Shadow is all of us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stranix is losing his fucking mind. He grabs a cocktail shrimp off the buffet platter. <laughs> and he's giving this dramatic speech all my life. Saturday morning cartoons. The best. For example, do you remember those two little shrimps coming in, riding on those two little seahorses with the little chaps, little hats, little pistols? Bam, bam, bam! <laughs> Shooting what back over their shoulders about? to rescue the lobster from the Swedish cook. Funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Which I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Though apparently that's a real live bit from like a Muppet show. Oh, that's the Swedish cook. I was like, it must be from the, it was the, the Muppet the Swedish show. cook. Yeah, the Swedish chef, whatever. But... Shadow and the tech goon are looking a little bit like alarmed. Uh, Their boss has fucking gone crazy. Now. Yeah. Stranix wants to know if we got the Tomahawk missiles ready to launch. Tech goon. I love that he's got his rocker gear back on at that he point. He pulls that leather on. He's like, he pulls his shades on. Let's fucking party. Weasel, the tech guy is like, yeah, he gets over here. Fire control. Of course. The oh, fire, control. fire control. Chips and dip on the weather deck. It's <laughs> fucking crazy <laughs> what? shit. What is it? What does it mean? Stranix is telling him, we're we're shoving off in five minutes. Everyone get to the motor launch. Others have gathered. They're all just staring mutely at Stranix, who seems to have lost it. Get out of, get out of here. He screams. <laughs> Shadow and the oh tech guy are, are perhaps wondering, like, I feel like they're like, this is not, <laughs> this doesn't seem like we're on plan anymore yeah. here. Shadow uh, tells the guy, we're leaving in four minutes. So, yeah, they leave. Stranix starts just flipping switches. This little piggy went to market. This little piggy stayed home. And this little piggy, ooh, mama, ooh, mama, wee, 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 all the way home. So he flips the switch, starts screeching out this vocal rendition what of Jimi Hendrix's Star The missiles launch. Uh, up on deck, the good guys who are still admiring the flaming wreckage of the submarine like are standing right there when the fucking missile shoots off, which has got to be alarming for them. Ryback tells Tuco, get to the motor launch where I've stashed that comms device. Bring it to me. Take uh, Miss July with you, which doesn't really make any doesn't sense. Doesn't make any sense at all. Why does she need to go? Yeah, I don't know why bringing her along is a good idea. Maybe because he tr- he only trusts her. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. Maybe she, she saw him assemble it. She knows, she knows something what it looks about like. it. I don't know. But back in the situation room, the top brass are being briefed. The Missouri just launched two Tomahawk missiles at Honolulu. They're going to hit in 24 minutes. And now the timeline to me gets a little screwed up mm-hmm. because from here to the end does not seem like 24 minutes it's, has elapsed. It's mere seconds. Yeah, I don't know. But it almost would have made more sense if they shot the missiles off like earlier. Yeah. And then he's like, oh shit, we've only got a limited amount of time to take out the submarine and get in the command center and try to disable these missiles. But anyway, we learn that there are abort codes aboard the Missouri. Mm-hmm. The orders are given to scramble the fighter jets to try to intercept the missiles. The white house guy asks what's going to happen if those missiles hit Honolulu. And this dude says approximately 1 million people will reach 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit in less than a second. That's mm. pretty fucking intense. <laughs> it also seems like, a relatively painless way to go. Yeah. I'm like, it's going to oh, be like Pompeii. You're not going to. It's not bad. Yeah, Actually, yeah. it's a better deal than most people get, I think. But it seems that Breaker and another CIA guy, they're speaking to each other in these hushed whispers. Hey, Bubba, we'll just blame it on the cook. Absolutely. 
Hey, Bubba. That's the so fuck? Weird. So weird. Scumbags. That's, that's all white dudes talk a, to each a other. Pretty good laugh. Though. Hey, hey, Bubba. We'll just blame it on the cook. We'll just blame it on the cook. Absolutely. So, cut to a couple of fighter jets taken off from Pearl Harbor, back on the Missouri. Ryback, Jordan, and the other assorted good guys, uh, and Shadow, and other assorted bad yeah, we guys. We have A team and, and B team like they're, skulking around. They're playing like basically hide and go seek on the deck of the ship, like a lot of creeping around and hiding from each other. Then Ryback spots Shadow lurking. Kills him unceremoniously with a single shot. There needed to be a bigger confrontation with Shadow. Again, it's yeah. like one of those situations where it's like in a Tango and Cash what? where you have a total, like, face. Yeah, Totally absolutely. wasted, cool bad guy. They they needed to have a hand-to-hand grappling thing. Yeah. Or, or more of a we're hunting each other thing instead of, yeah, oh, there he is, one shot, he's gone. Yeah. Bizarre to me. Very unceremonious death for Shadow. But, um... The tech goon, Weasel, and others are shooting in Ryback's direction. Bad guys and good guys are having a firefight. One of the goons runs right up on Ryback. Ryback disarms him with some of that Aikido. Whatever it is. Whatever it is that he's supposed to be good at. Seagal do karate. (laughs) They fight a little bit, and then Ryback, like, fucking rips his throat out. Did not see that coming. (laughs) That's like a direct ripoff from Roadhouse. He went full Dalton on his ass. (laughs) That was fucking... Oh, wait, and then... The good guys, they shoot one guy who falls off like a railing, and he, he didn't fall over the railing. Yeah. He was standing outside of the railing already well, and he just had repelled, fell down. He had, re- reverse, <laughs> he had reverse repelled up, and then they shot him, and he fell back down. That dude, I don't know. I don't understand anything. But then Jordan and Tuco, they reach that car phone satellite comms device in the motor launch. Meanwhile, Ryback has snuck his way into the command center, which seems to be empty. He's looking around, no sign of Stranix. But then Stranix gets the drop on and pops mm-hmm. out and is like, put your gun down. The first time anyone's really gotten one over on on uh, Ryback, the right. whole movie. So Stranix tosses Ryback's I gun out really, of the room. They really burned Seagal. Absolutely. He's like, I don't think he'd get the drop on me. I don't think he'd get the drop on me. I think I think he would know that he was there. He let him, he let him do that on purpose. Well, for whatever reason, Stranix isn't just killing him. Yeah, just shooting the... No, but Kill no. him! No, he's like... Then shit gets weird. Yeah. Because Ryback's like... Says Stranix looks familiar. I know you, don't I? I think you do. I Been think- a long time. What? And, and that's where I was like, aha, I knew it from the beginning. He's like, Ryback... You seem like they had... You said there had been some familiarity flash yeah. across time. Yeah. Like, subtle, that name is familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. But... I read somewhere where there was meant to have been a storyline and flashbacks and things in the movie where, where Stranix was part of that botched operation in yeah, Panama. Yeah, he was the one that delivered the bad, the bad intel. intel. But it's weird that they left this in yeah. and didn't have Never those flashbacks. It off. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's just like, now it's just a thing that really kind of doesn't make sense. It would have been like two easy lines. Been a long time since Panama. That would have been it. That could have yeah, done it. That you done don't it. even need to have shot the flashback nope. shit. Like it would have been amazing. Like like if if Ryback had said, "Been a long time since Panama," and then and Tommy Lee or Strang says, "Sorry about your crew," that would have been it. Anything. Yeah. You don't done. have to. I can see why, like you said, you felt like they were cutting. They were just slashing the budget towards the end or something. Yeah. But you're right. They didn't even need the flashback scenes. It could have just been one or two lines of dialogue. Two lines of dialogue would have fixed it. Absolutely. But so Strang then insists on sharing his whole plan with this Ryback. was f- like for the millionth time why not just kill him he's showing him the honolulu bound missiles on the radar and he's destroyed the missile control consoles he's like waving the disc around i have the key the lock is broken okay uh he orders ryback have a seat and watch the show with you're me. gonna watch the end of the world on television my man this is my finest behold my finest work. Mm. Ryback asks, what made you flip like this? And uh, Tommy Lee Jones, Stranix is like, I got tired of coming up with last minute desperate solutions to impossible problems created by other fucking people. Feels like my job. Yes. <laughs> it also was a Wait nice. A minute. Wait a minute. I feel like that's the first line of the job description. <laughs> Must be able to come up with last minute desperate solutions to impossible problems created by other fucking people. 
Where do I sign? <laughs> a great reading by Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. It's just an awesome treasure of an actor. But so Stranix is keeping his pistol pointed at Ryback at all times. And then Ryback goes into his monologue. All your ridiculous, pitiful antics aren't going to change a thing. You and I were puppets in the same sick play. We serve the same master and he's a lunatic and he's ungrateful. There's nothing we can do about it. You and I, we're the same. Oh, no. No, no, no. There's the difference, my man. You have faith. I don't. <laughs> I love it. So Ryback then suddenly kicks the pistol out of Stranix's hand and shoves him over a buffet. Roast beef. <laughs> the roast shrimp. beef is everywhere. <laughs> the roast beef. Somehow that kick was so lightning fast that Stranix couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah. It was like that Dalton shit again. Yeah. I like that was his move. I can kick faster than you can pull a trigger. Than you can see, even. So Stranix pops up with that carving knife in hand. Mm-hmm. Ryback produces his own knife. You don't get a lot of knife fights in movies. Mm-mm. Really. It's I can, a lost art, really. The only one I can think of, like, remember when Matrix and Bennett fought in Commando. That's immediately where my mind is. It's like the only other another knife one that, fight And that's I can also think why of. they're excruciatingly long. It's, it's all a, knife fights last an hour longer than they ought to. And this one, this one's no exception. <laughs> so Stranix and Ryback, they start circling each other. They're like having these little sorties, brief flurries of action. And this is what I was telling you earlier, where it's like, if anything in this movie made me think that Seagal does not know a single martial art or craft, <laughs> it is this scene in which Tommy Lee Jones looks Every bit like he knows martial arts. If what Steven Seagal is doing is a martial art, then Tommy Lee Jones is also an expert. Because Steven Seagal looks like those videos that I've seen on YouTube of someone who's a quote-unquote master, who all they do is just kind of, like someone goes to punch them and then just like wave their hands like a cat swatting a yarn ball. It's like, and like not doing anything. And then... That shit you know, only so, works if then, the other person's cooperating. And then, then some kid fucking decks the dude, knocks his, you know, <laughs> knocks his block off. So I was like, "There's nothing in this movie that would make me believe that Seagal knows anything about anything." I get that we're supposed to think that there are sort of equals, or like this will be his most formidable opponent in the movie. They look like they're slap fighting. They look like they have similar level of skills, whether it's but. It, you say you think the skill level is minimal. It's non-existent. Yeah, it looks like they are slap fighting. It looks like they just come at each other and go, slap, 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 slap. Like slap. two cats when they're yes, batting at each exactly other. Yes, that's exactly just like batting each other. I don't know what a real knife fight would look like. <laughs> I like the way he was holding the knife. Well, like, because it was like be- he was shielding his forearm with He was holding it like... Well, it's not a very long knife. <laughs> no, his was like a little tiny thing. I just, I don't Meanwhile, know. Meanwhile, Stranix is covered in like fucking beef residue <laughs> somebody's get someone's getting a coli or mad cow mad cow disease so uh they go at it Stranix's leather jacket is repelling ryback's first couple of swipes <laughs> ryback lands a couple of light little slices on him at some point he sort of nicks strength's wrist mm-hmm. where he yelps out in pain Stranix charges ryback but he sort of sidesteps him and flips him over Stranix pops back up they lock up in a like a test of strength, right. which that's just not going to go well for Stranix. He's much smaller. Right. But then uh, Stranix slashes Ryback across like his eyebrow. Mm-hmm. Ryback then, this part fucks me up. Ryback grabs Stranix's knife in his mouth, and instead of slicing Ryback's face wide open, or just like pull, yeah, pulling his thing and like ripping his mouth, he and- just lets go of the knife. He releases his grip on the knife. I rewound and watched that shit like five times, and I cannot figure why. It was he bit down on the blade, and Stranix just unhanded the knife. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. And then, because then the next thing, the next thing, yeah, he's, he's let go of the knife, and then Ryback grabs Stranix's face and starts gouging his eye out. I was like, why not do those things in reverse? So, like... He would, could have done the eye thing and then grabbed the knife in his teeth and gotten it away from him or something. Like, just reverse the two things. Yes, it's odd. But that shit, yeah, he gouged Stranix's eye out, and that was some fucked up shit, man. Like, all that goo that was coming out as that was what pretty funny. used to be his fucking eyeball, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, Stranix is screaming in agony, reels backwards. Ryback 
drives the knife directly into the top of Stranix's skull. Into a dummy skull. <laughs> yes, <laughs> actually, it was not, not a great Lee. puppet or whatever no. that was. Uh-huh. Fake Tommy Lee Jones. Then he rams his head <laughs> through the video monitor, which seems a little excessive. Like, you didn't really need to do all that. At this point, keep the faith, Stranix. He says, it was sarcastically, he says, I'm not sure what it even means, but it was delivered with a lot of panache. No, you have faith, my man. I don't. Keep the faith, Stranix. He already said he didn't have any. <laughs> Dumbass. But he said it with such confidence that it was almost cool. I don't think Seagal's ever said anything that he didn't totally buy into. Everything that he says is the best thing that anyone's ever said. Elsewhere, the fighter pilots are in position to intercept the missiles. One of the pilots shoots a missile right out of the sky. Thank God. Which is, I guess, a thing that's possible. Sure. I looked up Tomahawk missiles. They're not that fast. Like, they only fly at 550 miles an hour, which the plane could fly a lot faster than that. The plane like, yeah, twice the that plane fast. can get a lock on that. Sure. So, back in the Situation Room, the Admiral informs the others, we intercepted... One of the missiles, but the other one slipped through. But Which those F-18s, like, like, you can chase that other one down. It's bullshit. I don't know. But um, back on the Missouri, Ryback is now surrounded by all the other good guys. We never got to, to see the demise of the rest of the bad guys, including Weasel Mm-mm. or whatever. But We had I to assume just assume that happened. the good guys killed everyone. I guess so. All those, the laundrymen and Miss July must have gunned them all down. She did. Yes. She killed everyone. It's a rabid killer now. But um, yeah, all the good guys are there. They're placing a call to the Situation Room. Dale Dye is prepared to talk him through the procedure to disarm the missile. It's odd because Stranix literally just said, I smashed the equipment that you would need to stop this missile. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, has, we have a workaround. Ryback loads the disc seemingly into like the seal magnaphone or whatever. Yeah, it has a had floppy drive. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that is, I'm very skeptical that that device has a slot for your tomahawk code, like code disc or that it has the capability to communicate with the missiles or whatever the fuck's about to happen. It's a multi-tool. <laughs> so they start feeding him the code to punch into the keyboard, which didn't he? I thought the code was on the disc. I don't know what's happening anymore, but they give him a code to punch in, enters that shit in, dramatic music builds, then we see the missile just explode out of the sky. Thank God. Um, the computer tells them the missile's been deactivated. The good guys celebrate aboard the Missouri and in the Situation Room. There's like a lot of great celebrations in the Situation Room. I do room. love Dale Dye's face, that relief on his yeah. face and that smile. He's a fucking natural. He is, dude. A great face he's serving. Good man. Good man, Ryback. Uh, Ryback sees the on the radar that the military airstrike is inbound. He asks him, Call off the airstrike. Call off the airstrike. Hey, can you not kill us, please? The guys in the situation room confirm the airstrike is off. I like that. We're calling off the aircraft. <laughs> says the, We're calling off the aircraft. When we'll leave the light on for you. <laughs> Dale, I'm, I'm Tom Shane. I'm Tom Shane. <laughs> Ryback asks Jordan if she wants to go swimming, which everyone thinks is fucking hilarious for some reason. Yeah, they've all had a long day. It's that doesn't even vaguely. There's no passing even resemblance. That was not a, to a scripted joke. line. You want to go swimming? Seagal said, "I got an idea. Let I me do this." Zod- we got a zodiac, and I got an umbrella. What? What are you talking the about? The fuck is he talking about? And a Ouija board, <laughs> and a knife, <laughs> and some mushrooms. He's a natural. We're gonna party. <laughs> Wait, what? What is he? Put this blindfold on. Get naked. <laughs> oh, damn. Shit. What's going on? <laughs> I don't Kinky. know. Uh, but back in the situation room, another weird moment. Breaker, the CIA guy, just lights a cigarette and slips out of the room. Fuck that dude. And we get the impression. I don't know what he's. He's Was been he playing. He's been playing shit behind the scenes, it seems like. But we never understood. It was never paid off. He was making mysterious phone calls to people and like boisterous, angry like, people would be like, why is he picking up the phone like that? Yes, it was odd shit going but, on. But it's never, it never sees the light of day like what he was doing. Super no. mysterious. It's it's, just, it was CIA shit, I guess. That's what we're supposed to get. It, it was random CIA shit. He was there shit. for exposition and for that dude to say, hey, Bubba. Hey, Bubba. We'll blame it on the cook. We'll blame it on the cook. 
Now, back on the Missouri, all the trapped sailors, they're finally getting freed from the forecastle. It's like a damn water slide when they unseal it. Highly the- dangerous. Those Bodies dudes would be flopping into each other and into walls and shit. I felt like those dudes are probably all suffering from hypothermia. Like they've been standing in cold ass water for hours. Um, That's also true. But everyone now, they're, they've surrounded the heroes up on the deck. The good guys are receiving some first aid. Uh, one of the medics is telling Ryback he's going to need some stitches. To, uh, about his forehead. But about what his, about his back, His brother? back is like fucking like Jesus Christ. He's been ripped <laughs> been to shreds. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. He's like, no, be, be careful. I'm afraid of needles. Everyone, again, fucking yucking it up. It's the funniest thing anyone's ever said. Eating that shit up, dude. Damien Chapa, that's Ken, Ken, from, Ryu, <laughs> Ken from Street Fighter, Fighter, asks what's for breakfast, and then Tuco's like, Subs, Tacman, subs. Oh, I get it. It's, I guess, funny. It's funnier we than anything earlier. It's funnier than anything that Ryback has said. But more raucous laughter. Then Cue Ball is back there. He tells Ryback, "Show me some moves." What the fuck is happening right now? I don't know, man. Everything's paying off, I guess. Oh, it's Ryback, like, like a cartoon. <laughs> Ryback says, "Here's one move." And just forces a kiss on Jordan, like shoves his tongue down her throat. Mm. It's awkward. This 40-something-year-old man she's forcibly in, making out with a 23-year-old. She's into it. Now's the time. Oh, I say she's into it. I say. <laughs> so then we see shots of the Missouri arriving in San Francisco, the Golden Gate Bridge in the foreground. Great footage. Yeah, it's beautiful. Of all that stuff. Probably sometime later. There's some sort of a funeral ceremony going on. I guarantee you Ryback announced loudly, when this ship docks, we're going to have a funeral for the captain. Everyone Everyone get your dress uniforms. You, woman, you're not a sailor, but put a sailor costume on. Put on on. a sailor's outfit. What? Or maybe that was in her stripper kit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Sexy sailor. That would have been awesome. That's not sexy. She's like a weird. No, it really was weird. It must have been on that same voyage because, like you said, Jordan is there. Yeah. So... It would make sense that this was some days later, but I guess it's not. I don't know what's I was like, happening. Did they enlist her while she was like? Well, how much time do you think has passed? I feel like it I, is like the next day. Or I something. feel like it's it's not. Yeah, it's well, it's, it's later that morning. <laughs> <laughs> I honest to God think it's later that morning. Like it pulled in. Like they haven't even the ship hasn't been boarded by the outside party. <laughs> They've just assembled the crew. It's a burial at sea for the captain or whatever the hell yeah. is going on here. But yeah, they got the ceremony but she's going. Fucking crying again. Again. Ryback is very seriously, like, just staring directly into the camera, giving a salute. He's, like, staring dead down the barrel of the camera <laughs> and fade to black. That's the fucking movie. Yeah. That is it, my friend. That's it. It's what weird you, and abrupt, that what, ending. What did you think? Well, I mean, sometimes these movies go on too long. I can appreciate I, an economical I ending. I thought that the, it was a little bit weird and abrupt, but I also didn't think that there was anything else that could happen unless there was, like, a like born identity style, like congressional hearing where oh, breaker, yeah. breaker was like, we didn't have any control. It was a rogue agent. Yada, yada, yada. yada. Kind of did the thing. Oh, although fools, I read, I credit like, fools. <laughs> <laughs> we have top men working on this right now. Who top men, men. I read, you know, that was Porkins, right? Yeah. Jack. <laughs> yes. So I, I, I feel like I read somewhere that the Ryback was like dressed back in, the uniform that a seal would wear, like in his dress, mm-hmm. his dress uniform. I was, thought that that was the the symbol was that like I, that he doesn't wear. He's been dress, reinstated he, or but, something. But he did that for the captain. Like he was, uh, it, was impor- okay. it was important enough that he was going to break his own personal to the honor code of the captain. To honor the captain. The goddamn cooks a seal. <laughs> Cole Meany's a fucking beast. He is. That's the movie. The shit came out right on the heels of a bunch of successful movies for mm-hmm. Seagal. This one was like a financial and critical success. Huge financial success. Holy shit. Yeah, it caught co- the movie cost about thirty five million, made about one hundred and sixty. So I it guess like quadrupled his money. Most of that was in effects and probably to pay the U.S. government to use the Alabama as a prop. Yeah. And also to get footage of President Bush. <laughs> Absolutely. And Dick Cheney. Um, but yeah, all those, I was looking back and like all those fucking early Seagal movies, they all sounded like if you had just had a bot that was generating movie titles, it was above the law, hard to kill, marked for death and out <laughs> for justice. I'm like, this is like Mad Libs, like movie. <laughs> Preposition. Title. Preposition noun. article yeah. noun or verb article noun, whatever. <laughs> but it was odd. Out to kill. Over 
the ridge. I don't know. <laughs> on deadly ground. Yeah, exactly. That was another one. Yeah. Uh, but on the success, yeah, this movie generated a sequel set on a train. I watched it uh, the other day. It was pretty fucking awful, as you might imagine. But it had a lot of familiar faces in it, man. Yeah, you showed me a scene like you, you, you like scrubbed through it. I was like, oh shit, there's Catherine Heigl. There's that yeah, guy. Yeah, it had Jonathan Banks. Uh, mm-hmm. Who is that? Uh, what's the dude's name from Breaking Bad? And oh, um, Mike. Uh, what's his name? Mike Ermintrout. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it had uh, Kurtwood Smith, mm-hmm. Everett McGill, Catherine Heigl, Peter Green. That's Red Foot. Yeah, yeah. From uh, Usual Suspects. Usual Suspects, yeah. Patrick Kilpatrick, who is an eraser. Un- and originally uh, named. Death Warrant. Morris Chestnut, Eric Bregosian. That dude was uh, most recently in um, a season of House of Cards, right? No, no, no. Um, who was? No, Bregosian was in... Um, Succession. Succession. He yeah. Played, yeah, he yeah. played the Bernie Sanders He's a good style. actor. Yeah. And he was playing the unhinged, like, uh, uh, Stranix-type character. The evil genius. Gotcha. In this, in the, in the. That one I also have never seen. It's really trash. Oh, it also <laughs> had, uh, it also had the Admiral and Dale Die and CIA lackey breaker. He's all a good in guy. It. I'll guarantee Chief Ryback, he's a good guy. <laughs> and we'll leave the light on for you. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I love Dale Die, though, uh, man. He's a, I would love to meet him and shake his hand. I would like, too. He seems like a fucking just genuinely badass man. He really does. Um, Remember our motto, Curry. Uh, yeah, on the on the group text though for the last of the Action Heroes podcast network, we were discussing the the allure mm-hmm. or lack thereof of Seagal. Yeah, I I don't get. We're it. all in agreement. Well, he no, sucks. some of us don't get it. Others are like raving about that he's got such charisma. Yeah, I was, and I was going through and I'm just like, I was going I through and reading some it. of the comments on IMDb of this movie and people being like, Seagal was in a league of his own. The other actors were okay. But Seagal, and I was like, are you what kidding What movie were me? you watching? The other actors were okay? Seagal, Tommy Lee Jones and Busey and Colmini, okay? They should have had Seagal at the very beginning and show up at the very end and then just let the other, like the other, t- like Dude, the bad guys I would have watched in. the Gary Busey and Tommy Lee Jones and show. And Colmini show, yeah. Yeah, they were, those dudes were awesome. They should make an alternate movie where it just focuses on them and then there are explosions in the background and shit. It just focuses on them. It's <laughs> just, like, oh, just drinking champagne and eating yeah. roast beef and <laughs> chopping it up. It's like Thanksgiving <laughs> at the Arnold household. But uh, you and I, like we discussed before, I just don't understand the popularity of Seagal. I don't, I don't get it. I don't at all. I, I stumbled upon the realization. I feel like he's kind of like he fills the void, whatever void Chuck Norris left behind. Like... We want a a white American dude that knows martial that knows arts. martial arts. It doesn't matter if he can act. Doesn't matter if he has charisma. But like, at least you could say about Chuck Norris, like he had like skills. Yeah, he he was, he was out there winning tournaments and shit before he got into this. I'm not convinced that Seagal knows jack shit. I'm convinced he doesn't. He, uh, I'm does convinced not. that he does not know anything about martial arts. That he, at best he is trained with some bouncers at how to grapple people. Maybe. And that's it. There's also like some gross stories about Seagal around this movie. Like I read that Pamela Anderson had come into audition for the Jordan Tate role. And basically Seagal was like, there was a casting couch type scenario oh, where he's like, you know, you should sleep with me. And she said no. And he allegedly was like, you know, if you don't, the next girl will. And she's going to get the part. And I believe that that's fucking gross. Because apparently um, a thing that I read was that the Seagal was like not, not wanting the, the stripper thing. Like he was not down. Like he didn't want to, like he didn't think a bimbo would be like running around the boat with Ryback. So he said that it was his idea that Jordan Tate be like the stripper as sidekick, that that was totally like all that was his idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also saw that throughout the course of shooting, like Seagal kept pushing that they should add a sex scene in between. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Ryback and, oh. and Jordan. And it's, but it's like, where would that have possibly fit into the story? Our, our buddy Andrew Miller sent me a video the other day of a, of a podcast interview with Al Franken from yeah. uh, political and SNL fame and was talking about he was on SNL when Seagal came to be the host, the legendarily like bad episode. And he said that Seagal was a complete idiot, like just stupid. 
but said that he walked into a meeting and was like, I have an idea for a sketch. I'm a psychiatrist and my female patient comes in and I hypnotize her and we have sex. And then at the end of the sketch, I say, I'm going to need to see you every week. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> it's like cool idea. Uh, go, I have an idea. I roofie her. In I, the bar. I rape her. I ra- then I rape her. I rape her every week. Is that cool? Fucking gross, dude. That's nasty. But yeah, Seagal, I... He's a trained Buddhist, though, so he's centered. He's Zen, at least. By all accounts, he's just a world-class piece of shit. Yeah. As a human. It's bizarre. Like, where where would a sex scene between him and Jordan have fit into the story? Well, the same thing like Commando. Maybe they fucked on the plane. I don't know. They fuck on... Yeah. We have a couple of minutes here. Let's fuck. (laughs) Like I can't even imagine. I'm a really, scene. I'm f- so fast. I don't even you know, even know when I'm in they here. had five spare minutes though in this movie. She could have sucked on it while he was making the bomb. I don't know. <laughs> it's just Seagal. It's so gross. To, yeah. Seagal wanted to to like kiss but those like, titties or whatever. Yeah, that's it's so fucking gross. It's gross, 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 gross. He's like, I want to see the naked body. I want to press on her. <laughs> press on her. No. I want to press up on her. Uh, oh man. Oh, wait. So, another bit of trivia for you that's going to pay off something you said earlier. Hit me. Commander Green. Uh-huh. They got killed by Tommy Lee Jones at the party. Mm-hmm. The guy who you said had the head shaped like a... Um, flat top. Flat top. <laughs> he was the movie's technical advisor, and he was active duty Navy. Well... So, he was not an actor. He had a... Uh, he was not Just an cast, unfortunately shaped just head. Just an unfortunately shaped head. That's pretty rad. It happens to all of us. That we all get an unfortunately shaped head sure. sooner at some point in our yeah. life. If we live long enough, your head, <laughs> you turn into the elephant, man. <laughs> I guess it's possible. <laughs> either, happen anyway. either die young or you live long enough to become the elephant, man. <laughs> to become a Dick Tracy villain. Exactly. <laughs> little face. <laughs> Prune face. Little face. <laughs> oh, Mumbles. Dick Tracy. That shit was fucking wild. That's a wild movie, man. That movie is great. You love it? Yeah, I did love it. It's as a one kid. that you needed to have loved. It was they, they were when like it was they, new. they thought it was going to be the next Batman. Batman. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that Danny Elf. The music was killer in it. Yeah. But 1992, the year of uh, Under Siege, we call it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the year of the chicken, the year of the rabbit. Yeah. This was the year of Under Siege. The year of Seagal. Yeah. The, the year, year that the universe Seagal. decided that Steven Seagal was going to be something. <laughs> He's an A-lister. Like, you and I talk all the time about. It's like well. I guess this guy is going to be famous now. Who is the guy we talk about? We talk about, we've talked about Jonathan Majors. The guy from, and the guy from um, West Side Story and, um, what's like Anson Diggory Anson, or whatever his name Anson is. Anson like, Eggert. Yeah. Or Egghort. How, how or people are like, Ansel, this guy Ansel, Ansel Eggert. This guy's got to be famous and is for no discernible reason. Same with Shia LaBeouf. Steven Spielberg just decided that he's going to be a star. We're going to keep putting him in shit. Well, I, I, the first few times I saw Jonathan Majors and stuff, I was like, I just don't get it. I don't get it. But it's like he keeps being in things and like he's going to be in the next Rocky movie or the yeah. next Creed movie. He looks awesome in that. He's and in he the new was, Avengers movies or whatever he's going to be in. What did I see Hang him the Conqueror. In? The Heart of They Fall. Did you ever watch that? I don't on think Netflix? so. He was awesome in that. I mean, and he gets better. I've seen him in things. I'm like, fucking hell. This guy actually is legit. Yeah. He's awesome. But yeah, 1992, some great movies came out that year. Batman Returns was the top grossing Much movie of the than year. This movie. Uh, Lethal Weapon 3 was out that year. Patriot Games. Awesome. awesome. Um, Universal Soldier, Passenger 57, and Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. <laughs> we, we fucking yeah. have to do that one. <laughs> we need to, I've never seen it. It so, sucks. Oh, yeah, that's what I hear. That was the one, right, that, that Schwarzenegger tricked him into doing? Yeah. I think so, yeah. He's like, I told I told him or I tell, had it leaked to him that <laughs> Schwarzenegger was interested, and so he just jumped on it. That's Dude, so funny. There is on uh, Amazon, there is a like a 58-minute documentary, like behind the scenes of, of Stallone recutting Rocky IV. Oh, really? Yeah. Like all, all behind the scenes in the edit room, him and a friend of his. And it's worth watching because it's equal parts like he's still got some of the same old hubris and vanity. Yeah. And and some of him like recognizing just how fucking insane he was in 1985. Stallone, I mean, and like how. How he was like, I was just I was probably like the the cocaine of it all where he's like, 
I just felt like we just needed to keep the story moving. Like we couldn't stop and linger on a single character moment because people would get bored. But that was probably like a fucking cokehead's yeah, mindset. Totally. Because you know? I'm bored. Oh, another thing that he mentioned that I had no knowledge of about Stallone. He says he was born in a state hospital and he had some sort of nerve damage in his mouth and they did some sort of shitty medical procedure, which killed a bunch of nerves in his mouth. And that's why his mouth is like half, uh, half sort of drooped. Uh -huh. I was like, I had no clue about any of that. He is aware and self-conscious about the fact that he sort of slurs his words together. And I'm like, oh, damn, you're like, seem a lot more human to me now, Sly. Come to everyone with empathy and, or, and compassion and, yeah. and there will all be No one is born a monster. Yeah. I guess, right? Like, yeah. and not to say that Stallone's a monster. Well, he is. <laughs> he and Seagal are both monsters. He became some sort of a vain, like, and he acknowledges the yeah. vanity that he had and the way that he shot the movie, like in these extreme well, close-ups of his own face. That's, that's funny. Um, I, I didn't read the article yet. I would like to. It's I think it's from NPR, but talking about like how when F. Murray Abraham won his Best Supporting Actor Oscar, for Amadeus was that 1986 or 84 I can't remember that like he was so full of himself after that this dude that had predominantly only ever done theater to that point won this best whatever Oscar and then was like well, just like was he like, bought into his own yeah hype. he got bought into his own bullshit that he was just like turning shit down people were calling him to do things yeah it's like and that's why the only other thing that I can ever remember him being in from from Amadeus to Last action hero to, <laughs> to White Lotus season two. And it's like, where have you been this whole other time? And he said that the phone just stopped ringing because he was such a dickhead. Well, you can be difficult to work with, mm -hmm. right? And that will fuck you up. Look, you are there to make believe. At the end of the day, all you're doing is putting on clothes and you're making believe. You are you are acting in a child's story, my friend. That's and all you're like, doing. And you're pretending you for may a be living. The, you may be the person whose face winds up on screen, but you're not more vital to this reaching the screen than like the boom operator no. or the director of photography. No. Or anyone else on set. Yeah, that's just uncalled Because it for. gets into your fucking whatever. Like, take a deep breath and, and continue pretending, dickhole. <laughs> Wait, under siege? Action movies? So anyway. Bad 90s uh, we, action movies? We, uh, we talked a little bit in, the, in, the, in our open about, like, what Ebert said. He said Ooh. the formula's obvious. Um, I'll just, like, Tell recap me. something. He said... Formula's obvious, Die Hard goes to see. He said he walked in with a cynical frame of mind, but then a funny thing happened. The movie started to work. He said one reason was obvious, the overwhelming and convincing presence of the battleship itself. Yes. He said the movie does a terrific job of making every scene play like a real event on a ship at sea, and that's part of its charm. He said Seagal makes a convincing cook. He can hit a target with a carving knife at 20 paces, and he even looks like he's put on a few pounds on the job <laughs> sipping the bouillabaisse. I doubt that he, I don't think that was a character choice yeah. or an acting choice. I think that was Seagal's natural, just eating a lot of brisket or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he said the villains are superb, vile, and deliriously insane. He had many glowing things to say about Tommy Lee and some praise for Busey as well. Yeah. The plot of the movie, he said, is of course absurd. Involving a half-explained scheme to steal the ship's nuclear warheads, offload them to a stolen North Korean submarine, and sell them in the Middle East. Never mind, he said. The details of the cat and mouse chase around the ship are exciting and well-directed. And he had praise for the director. He said, uh, Davis is not above the put-on um, as when he introduces Playboy's Miss July 1989 into the plot and has her follow Seagal on his dangerous rounds for no better reason than because she seems utterly incongruous in every scene. And then he, he continued of Davis. Here he uses some of his trademarks, effective fight scenes, electronic gimmicks, quirky casting of the supporting roles, and bigger-than-life heroes and villains. Absolutely Spot all of on. that. Yeah. But, I mean, he's like, look, it's absurd, but it works. And to it me, does. It's it's the villain, to it me, does. it's the villains that made this one. Yeah. Like... It made it yeah, because if this like the if you, three or four best performances in the movie are all the bad guys. Agreed. One hundred percent. Um and yeah, they're all awesome. You could watch those dudes read the phone book, right? Like and they'd be awesome. So yeah. I'm I'm thankful that you watched yeah, them. Man, Glad you've I now experienced wait. it. Can't it wait filled for the in next a one. big gaping hole in your <laughs> in <my> uh, life. <laughs> in your life. You never saw I'm, Under Siege? I'm finally, yeah, I I finished it today. I'll fi finally be able to sleep. For the first uh, time ever. I finally finished it. 
Now you can put on your Seagal accent. You can like start growing your ponytail out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> start a cult or whatever. Start teaching uh, Aikido to celebrities in Beverly Hills. What the fuck, man? Dude doesn't know anything. I don't think he knows jack shit. He doesn't. Prove me wrong, Seagal. Come fight me. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee you that you could take him down. I guarantee it. I guarantee you. I, I guarantee yeah. that if it was two people on Seagal, that he would get the shit kicked out of him. He wouldn't just touch your wrist and you collapse or whatever no. that happens in the movie. No. You rip your throat I think, out. I think that if you distracted him, that I would sneak up behind him and that'd be game put over. Put him in the rear naked choke? Yeah. <laughs> game put over, him in the, Put him in the full Nelson. <laughs> game over. <laughs> it's game over, put man. Put him in the Texas Cloverleaf. <laughs> figure four. The he can tap four. it out, baby. The scorpion. Uh, <laughs> the scorpion <laughs> deathlock? Yeah, it's all of it. Do the people's elbow on that motherfucker. <laughs> uh, we'll be back soon with some more awesome 80s or and or 90s action. Yeah, I feel like we're going to go off the beaten path here pretty soon, so stay okay. in tune for that. Yeah, and we'll be back. <laughs>